after the talk of champions, if we were not in a business complex right now in our studios, we'd light up a cigar. What a win last week against Tennessee. He's Tyler Watts. Let's talk about the Tennessee win by week the rest of the season, where Alabama is right now, all of that right now with the talk of champions, brought to you in part by our friends at the Watts Agency, his company. I'm still celebrating, baby. I'm still letting it <laughs> the sink. afterglow. I'm still letting the uh, the shutout in the second half soak in and enjoying every minute of it. No, but we would love an opportunity to talk to you. Insurance rates are crazy right now. The insurance market is going out of out of sight. Just check us out at TylerWattsInsurance.com. Um, I'll tell you this: it's twenty to seven. Could have easily been twenty eight to seven. They they settled for a couple of field goals, or Alabama held them to field goals. However you want to look at it. Um, I've never, ever, ever, ever in my whole life, including as a kid, given up on a game. But I did on Saturday. I did on Saturday. It was 20 to 7, and I remember texting a coworker of mine. I said, this feels like it's going to be 41-17 Tennessee mm-hmm. was over with. I had given up. I had I, given up. I can understand completely why you felt that way. Tennessee had not looked that good offensively all year long. They were running the ball, as we all knew that they would be able to. But the fact that Joe Milton was so accurate, I think he was 9 of 9 on his first uh, couple passes out the gate, he was on fire. And then even after that, it was a couple of drop passes that prevented him from being perfect throughout the course of the first half. We hadn't seen that all year long. And offensively, we looked typically like we do in the first half. Just couldn't get any rhythm going offensively. Too many three and outs, weren't able to respond, couldn't struggle to establish anything on the run game. But then it's all about big plays in that defensive unit of being able to force field goals keeping your football team in the game, then you hit one big play, and all of a sudden you got the momentum back in your favor. And you're right. It was, a, it was a first half completely dominated by Tennessee, yet you found yourself only down two scores. And quite honestly, you had the opportunity to go up at halftime, 14-13, to 13, if you're able to connect after the turnover inside the red zone and, and we don't get the interception in the, in the end zone. Yeah. I, I, will, I will tell you, in the second half, um, if you're Tennessee, coming out of the locker room, the one thing you got to think on this first drive don't let them get something quick. Make them earn it if they're going to get any points at all. In the second play, they Isaiah Bonds beat them deep, and Milrow seems to never overthrow the ball, puts it on the money and get a big touchdown, 46 yards. And the Alabama offensive line held up, and yeah. it all started with the first play of scrimmage when Tennessee kind of they had, a, they had a defender trip in the secondary, which allowed Jason McClellan to, to bust out for a 30-yard gain and set up that home run opportunity there at midfield. So it was a bunch of things – coming into play all at the same time that allowed Alabama to get right back into the game. And that crowd was so amped up. at the, And this is what I was talking about. The crowd was amped at the beginning of the football game. And there was nothing for them to cheer about. And then all of a sudden, place erupted. They were back into the game. You get a three and out, take it down, you score again. Now you got a ball game. Oh, man. It was, momentum was unbelievable. It's a big win for Alabama. It changes the whole conversation for this off week with no game scheduled. Um, first, before we put Tennessee to bed, you've been in those locker rooms after a win in that game. And f- for these players this year, and I assume it was this way some back when you played in other times in history, not that it ever got redundant beating them 15 straight years. I mean, it was still fun. But after one year of not celebrating and smoking the cigar, and maybe at halftime thinking, man, they may be smoking them on our field at some point. Mm-hmm. The joy they had smoking the cigars. Explain to us what that was like as a player 
getting to when it's back a back and forth rivalry like it's back to now. I have no a chance idea. To smoke it. I have no idea what it's like to beat them 15 years in a row, right? Or even two years in a row. But I do know what it's like to beat them one year in a row. It's amazing. It's the most fulfilling. And, and everybody talks about, well, this rivalry doesn't mean anything. Uh, the Auburn game is more important. The LSU game is more important. I think all that depends on your age. But it still means a lot to these players. Everything that goes on around. And you got to understand this. Players feed off of the enthusiasm from the stands. And the stands feed off of the enthusiasm from the players. So when the players see those cigars being lit up in there and they see the Tennessee fans vacating, that, that's a whole other level of excitement that it kind of breeds in, inside of them, and they want to be a part of that. It's the first time in my life I think I've ever seen, outside of an Iron Bowl, the players come back out onto the field and celebrate with the fans. Yeah. That, I, maybe I'm just getting old and a little more emotional, but I thought that was cool. Yeah, I you thought got that a little chills, really cool. right? Yeah, yeah. Because, and, and here's why. This is what we talked about on broadcast, too. In an age where everything has become about money and corporate, that was college football again. The players and the fans interacting, celebrating a common hatred, a common yeah. a, a sta- uh, a goal, achievement, win. That was cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It even meant a lot to Nick Saban because he went around and thanked the fans right. for their enthusiasm as he made his way holding a cigar into the locker room. And I'm sure at some point it took somebody five seconds to tweet out, oh, this means that he's retiring. Yeah. But it's not a farewell. Yeah. It's just an appreciation. Just an appreciation for that one Saturday. We appreciate our friends at Manscaped.com, Manscaped.com. The promo code for us is TALK20. When it comes to grooming yourself for a big event or just daily for the office, Manscaped's got you covered head to toe, including below the belt. A lot of great lotions and ointments and balms to help your beard stay thick. Uh, your hair, anywhere else on your body. Manscaped's got you covered, and you can get 20% off with our promo code. Use it to buy the razors or the shaving kits or anything that you get at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the promo code is TALK20, and we appreciate them so much. Use our promo code TALK20. Okay, it's a, it's not a bye week. It's not an off week. It's just a week without a game because the guys still work. But what do you get accomplished? on a week like this as a player? Like, what, what is Jalen Milrow? What is, you know, all the – Jace, what are all the guys working on this week that's going to help them with the back half of the schedule? So the fellows who don't wear a non-contact jersey every single week, this is an important week for them to heal up. When we, we talked about this, you're healing up physically. You're healing up emotionally and mentally because this has been a strain mentally on the preparation every single week that has to go in. To these games and it's it strains on you it really does wear down on you and it's an opportunity for you to kind of recharge the batteries get away from it for a little bit and then refocus as you go down the home stretch guys like Jalen Milrow it's just another opportunity to go out there and continue to just work on your craft becoming more accurate with the ball better in your decision making quicker in your decision making and those type of things and then for the younger guys who aren't playing 50 snaps a game it's a chance for them to get reps they're gonna go out there they're probably gonna scrimmage some they're gonna get more reps in practice it's just going to be general stuff, that base offense, base defense, that they're going to be working on communication so that, that they can hopefully take that next step to be able to contribute. Maybe not this season, maybe in the bowl season, but definitely next year. In my eyes, Jalen Milrow has gotten better every game. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure it's a good time for an off week. I'd, I'd almost want to roll right in out of that win last week to play LSU immediately. It is what it is on the schedule. What do you make of Milrow from, from what we saw week one or week two to Texas to where 
we see him now the second half against Tennessee? Uh, you, know, you know, there has been improvement, I would say. Sometimes the, the process, the thinking process is quicker in his decision-making, but then there's other times when it's a little slow. But I always remind myself of this. I'm looking at it from the 40-yard line, 100 yards up off the ground. Everything's crystal, crystal clear. You can see the, the defense developing. You can see the offensive patterns coming into play and the spacing and all that's perfect. It's a perfect vantage point. He didn't have the benefit of that. Everything he's doing is really quick and on the fly, and it's avoiding big people. He has improved, though. He really has improved in his control of the offense, his understanding of the offense, and what he's doing out there. Yet he still hadn't put four quarters together. And that With is, this whole team, I was going to ask you that's, that. That's not, the, yeah, that's, that's not the, just him. This team has still got its best game out there. Somewhere. And that's what's discouraging about it at, at halftime, but also encouraging it by the end of the game is you realize the potential of what these fellas have in them if they can put it together. But there's some times where teams are just fast out the gate and slow after halftime, and other ones are slow out the gate and fast after halftime, and that's kind of what we got here. But it's nice to know that the defense is good enough to keep you in every football game until the offense can figure things out. Do you think this team has a 60-minute effort in it, that it can play what we saw in the back half of the Tennessee game from start to finish? And, and is that what they need against LSU, you think? This is a game that concerns you. and We're not ready to quite break it down just yet, but you're going to have to – you potentially may have to play a style that you're not used to having to play. We thought versus Tennessee you need to score 30. Well, offensively, you really only scored 24 or 27. But against LSU, you've got to be capable of scoring 35, 40 points potentially, depending on how our defense plays and how many field goals we force. Um, can we do that? Well, any other style of play that we've been forced to play, playing behind whatever, we've been able to do that. So maybe those guys will – there is a confidence that goes into knowing that you're going to find a way to win regardless of what the circumstances are. And it's a mindset that it can't be explained, but it's a belief inside all these guys that regardless of what's going on, we just know we're going to find a way to win. MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, that 110% deposit bonus. You get it when you use the promo code next round. Next round with MyBookie.ag. We appreciate them so much. Take advantage. Play the games right there at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code next round for a 110% deposit bonus. Uh, there were some injuries in this Tennessee game, and you had a couple of guys step in that I thought played great. When Terry Terry on Arnold left the game, Squirrel was having a big game. He had 100 yards receiving for Tennessee in the first half. Disappeared in the second half because of the guy who came off the bench and was on him a lot. They kept throwing that little comeback on the outside. They'd run 12 yards, come back to 10 to 8 yards on the edge, and we kept giving them cushion, and they just hit it over and over and over. Because we're such a – you can imagine the mindset of these DBs. We're not going to get beat deep this That's year. That's right. We ain't getting beat Not like last year. No. So we were given a little bit of cushion, and they took advantage of that. Pop, 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 pop. Second half, Trey Amos comes in, and enough times that had been thrown, we said, no more. Beat us deep, because we think we're going to get to you before you can throw the ball. We don't think you're accurate enough to, to hit that pass that you did for the touchdown over and over and over, or even once again. And he wasn't. He wasn't good enough. Um, so Trey, Trey comes in. He jumps that pass, forces Milton to double clutch, allows Chris Braswell to get to him scoop and score, and uh, now, now all of a sudden the game is completely different because now you're up two scores. So the defense played much better in the second half, really closed down those, those passing lanes, didn't give any cushions. But the defensive front is the difference maker oh. throughout the course of this game, this game. Really struggled in the first half, stopping the run, as well as getting to Joe Milton. Second half, you know, he says they went from an odd man, three-man front, to a four-man front. That really helped them out. You would think taking an extra defender away from the secondary would hurt you. 
but it established the line of scrimmage, for, prevented them from being able to run the football, and it also allowed us to close in on that pocket and muddy up the waters for him, for Joe Milton in the, in, in the pocket. And he was, he was not the same guy. Yeah, and hats off to the, the corners and the safeties to be able to cover their guys, mm-hmm. you know, one-on-one with less uh, security back there. I will tell you, too, Jihad Campbell, uh, he was forced into more playing time, more snaps because mm-hmm. of an injury. And he goes nine or ten tackles. He was there on the, the yeah, scoop and score, yeah, but ten tackles. Second leading tackler behind Deontay Lawson, yeah. who had an outstanding Both game. Both of those guys. But Jihad Campbell is a fellow with Trez Marshall out, kind of banged up. He didn't get an opportunity to play. So now Jihad Campbell comes in. Coach Saban was very complimentary to him in the, in the postgame. Talked about, yeah, a couple weeks ago he fills in for Deontay Lawson. Now he has to come from Trez. So he knows both these positions, and he played outstanding. And it's been fun to watch him because you can tell he's feeling more comfortable and more confident in what his responsibility is because he's playing at a whole nother level speed-wise. He's, he's much faster, recognizing things, playing within himself. And, you know, all these guys – are so talented, but sometimes when they're not sure about what to do, it slows them down a hair. You can really tell that he's understanding things. Uh, you know, I want to ask you, uh, after I tell you about Lance'sLock.com, Lance'sLock.com, get all the advice about the games, whether it's your office pool or whether you're, you know, going to throw a dollar or two down somewhere. Lance'sLock.com with your plays every day. You can sign up for a day, for a weekend, for a month, for a year, however you want to do it. Get the details at Lance'sLock.com, Lance'sLock.com. You know, you've got, to, you've got the end in sight. You've got LSU. You got Kentucky on the road, Chattanooga, Auburn on the road. Four games that can make this season. And obviously you gotta take them one at a time. But you're here at this point of the year and everything you still want is still out in front of you. And that's gotta as you mentally sort of take in where you are in the season and this game the week without a game, that's gotta sort of add a little bit more juice to you knowing that, man, all the learning we've done these first nine games, we're still in a great place right now. It is, but isn't there another side of you that wants them to, to be so hungry with the fact that nobody thinks that you're worth a flip? You're winning by luck and by the aid of the referees. You can't accomplish anything. That's, that's going to be the internal challenge I'm sure these coaches are, are playing with these players. Is don't be comfortable with their yard because you had not accomplished anything. The West ultimately will come down to this next weekend versus LSU. We all know that. Quite honestly, if it doesn't go your way, it's going to be probably an early kickoff versus Kentucky. How do you respond then? You definitely don't want to drop two in a row. So the hay ain't in the barn, so to speak. This is still a football team that hadn't played a consistent three quarters, let alone four quarters. <laughs> yeah, good point. So there's still plenty of room for improvement, and that's really where the focus needs to be. Uh, the question I get asked most uh, in our in our chats is fielding of punts in Kool Aid McKinstry. What do you think is going on there? No idea. I've heard I've heard all the different you know theories that everyone else has. Well, coming off a rugby style kicker, it's got a little different look to it or whatever, but I'm surely we can replicate that in practice. It's just it's just probably poor judgment of not wanting to make a mistake, therefore I'm unwilling to take a risk, which isn't always bad, unless it hits and rolls an additional thirty yards and goes down inside the five yard line. Right. But these are these are punts that they need to be fielded, even if they're fair caught. They've got to be fielded where they are to prevent that extra bounce. Because that could have been a pivotal point. All of a sudden taking the ball over at the thirty yard line versus inside the five really changes, and everybody knows it. We're going to run the ball. We're going to force Tennessee late in that, that game to burn their timeouts and punt it away. That's, that's three first downs that you just gave up to your opponent. Um, that was a big deal. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Nick Saban saying on the SEC teleconference this week, still full faith and confidence in Kool-Aid McKinstry and the judgment on whether to catch it or not catch it. You do, you got to trust him. He's the one that's out there. And if he doesn't feel good about going to get it, he'd rather it hit and roll and get it on the five than fumble it on the 30. And, and for y'all that don't understand, this ain't like going in the backyard and having your buddy kick the ball up. <laughs> these suckers go field a punt from a college football guy and what they're able to do with that football. It's amazing what these punters are able to do. Uh, I agree. So so we we see this team, they do so many good things, right? So many young players who are in here playing right now. And and then there's the coaches who and you know, I think Tommy Reese he, I mean he's been an offensive coordinator before, but he's a young coach still. It seems like he is getting a little bit more comfortable with the players he's calling plays for. It seems like that second half was about was about as good as I've seen Tommy Reese call plays. You come in with an idea of what you want to do. And granted, probably most of that 90% of it is already set in stone. This is what we're going to do, Tommy. Yeah. And then he takes it and he models it based on the talent and the abilities of this football team. Next year look different even more. But it, sometimes you can try your best to practice against yourself and your defense you're not really getting an accurate look. It takes time to realize what you're not able to do and then really study game film and preparation and put a finite plan together against this week's opponent for you to dial that sucker in. We are getting better at what we're doing. Timing is everything. We always talk about this because of the lack of two-a-days now and the way camps are worked out. These guys have 20 less practices than what we did 20 years ago, and that's a significant difference. Yes. That's several weeks behind so there is a, a learning curve, talent curve, whatever. NFL experiences this now too. So here you are midseason. You know what you're good at. You got confidence in your guys. Your guys have confidence of you and what you're asking of them. And then things just start gelling. Uh, I got a question about Jace McClellan. I want to ask you oh. um, after I uh, tell you about Roback. Roback.com, great golf gear. I don't have any on right now, right today, but it's fantastic gear. And we got these wonderful leisure pants. Uh, that's good for business, good for golfing, uh, casual wear, whatever, going out on a date night. Roback.com, Roback.com. Use the promo code TNR20, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code TNR20. Uh, I love the fact that you can give the ball to Jace 11 times. You can give it to him 16 times. You can give it to him 21 times. He doesn't seem to mind the workload. He likes – in fact, I think he seems to get better – the more you give him the football. He's been having to share the load for three years. Heck yeah. yeah, he wants the rock in his hands. He wants that opportunity. I've not. He ran as hard last Saturday versus Tennessee as I've ever seen him run. He was fighting for an extra two or three yards. He was bouncing it to the edge and using leverage to pick up a first down when you thought, hey, just get down. Don't, don't, don't try to fight for any more. They might, they might knock it loose, cause a fumble. No, he was doing the extra effort that it takes as a running back, and you could tell his offensive line, Really appreciated that. And when you see that kind of effort out of your players, you're more anxious to give them another opportunity because you realize that's who the, that's who the ball needs to be with right there because he's going to make something happen. Uh, left tackle playing a little bit better too. He did. He had a couple of gives. Uh, got beat inside once or twice. A couple of miscommunications, especially on some pressure packages. It's going to happen. It's something that you can go back and study and make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, and, you know, it's just it's always a work in progress. But... Here we are. We're late in season now, okay? So it's you, the, the I'm a true freshman excuse is, is no longer valid. That's right. You use time to step it up and, and show improvement every week, and hopefully last week was a step in the right direction. I'm excited about this team down the stretch. You? 
Well, you were ready to throw them off a cliff here a couple that weeks ago. That was halftime. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that it's, was uh, I'm excited about what this team could do. I mean, if you can beat LSU, I think you can beat anybody in the country. I think, I, I would say that even that right now, the way that they're playing, they are capable. And, and there's a lot of teams out there that are not capable. They don't have the talent to beat anybody, to beat many people, quite honestly. This team has the ability to. But they, they have to harness it. They've got to figure it out still. And it's not a done deal by any means. They're going to have to, to scratch and claw for every win throughout the rest of this game outside of probably Chattanooga. But they are capable, and that's a good starting point. Now they just have to go out there and perform. Yeah, cue up Chattanooga running through us like a like a through ten, ten horn. horn. Yeah, the, that week game. Remember that. All right, uh, White's, White's agency one more time, and we'll uh, leave you with one final awkward question for Tyler. Yeah, check, check, thanks. I'm, I'm already teed up now, and I'm already nervous. Uh, Check us out at TylerWattsInsurance.com for all your home, auto, small business insurance needs. We'd love an opportunity to talk to you. Uh, some guys get a chance to go home on the bye week. Well, on your bye week back in the day when you played, did you go home? Did you go hunting? Did you go to a girlfriend's house? Where'd you go? Yeah, it was always typically right before LSU, which is quite honestly right around now. Of course, I think we had it a little flipped, flipped around a little bit different. It was a little later in the year. So we would either go hunting for a weekend, but you still had to practice throughout the course of the week. Yeah, um, but uh, usually a hunting getaway? Normally, go get away in the woods. Yeah, in the woods. Yeah, it's a good time to break away from football. You didn't watch football, I assume, on Saturday. No, we still you? watch football. You did? Yeah, you still check out things that were going on. You did? Okay, that's interesting. That's Talk of Champions. We'll be back with you game week for LSU, the big one next week. Remember, like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. Retweet it or whatever. He's Tyler Watts, former Alabama quarterback, and you'll hear him on the Crimson Tide Sports Network.